Thank you, Brother Nichols. It is an honor that I can be here today and to share the word of the Lord with you. Do you believe God can do anything? You can be seated. I'm just going to talk to you a little bit. You know, God can do anything, and I, I, I project that everywhere I go or try to. I remember one night here, sitting right there. Church did not, was not over at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. I think it was 12 o'clock or quarter to 12, I was sitting there, and the lady sitting back there uh, was holding her son, and um, I said, l l let me hold him. She said, nobody has ever helped my son. He, uh, he doesn't respond too well to that. <clears throat> and uh, I said, uh, after I was sitting there, and I, I took him and laid him on my shoulder. And, and uh, after about 30 minutes, people were still praying in the altar. And, and uh, he woke up. And he raised up and looked at me and smiled and laid his head back on my shoulder. And I said, God just touched him. God has that kind of ability. <clears throat> and I'm glad that they're both here tonight. God's still in the touching business. And it would be good if you allowed God to just touch you. I'm, I'm glad when he touched me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've, I've tried to obey the Lord since I was a child. And when, when God spoke things to me, I, I would tell my parents what God said to me. And they would um, be cautious not to make a mistake. And I, I hope that now that I'm bumping towards 80, I can have people who will respect God as they respect man and I know the God that I'm serving is able to go beyond the ordinary and do something around here tonight <clears throat> let me talk to you about a look in David's closet a look in David's closet Sometimes the voice of the closet speaks to us. Solomon asked uh, some questions one time to his dad. He said, Dad, um, I, I was, you was out, I was looking in your closet, and uh, I found some things in there. 
probably you have looked in the closet before. Anyway, he said, I, I, I saw some things and instead walked over to the closet with him and he said, I, I saw this slingshot. And uh, he said, could, could you tell me about that? He said, well, he said, son, one time I was out on the side of a hill and a wild beast come at me and I, I, I took my bare hands and slew him. And then he said, on, on the hillside, I, I, I watched my sheep. That was my job. And he said, but all the time that they were grazing and seemed like doing very well, uh, I picked up some rocks down by the brook and I would take that slang and I would practice in front of me, over my head, and behind me. I got to where I could shoot that arrow or that rock out of that sling, uh, I believe the scripture says within a hair's breadth. That's pretty tight. Uh, I remember uh, being on the river with uh, my family, and uh, I got pretty good with a with a gun, with a pistol. I could. I could shoot a bird from a half a mile away with a pistol. Don't make me mad. <clears throat> you know, David would take that slang and he knew how, when, when he went out that day against that giant, he didn't go out there hoping that God would help him. He knew that giant didn't have a chance. Lord have mercy. Daddy, what, what's that stain on this coat hanging here? He said, well, son, uh, this is the coat that Samuel anointed me king. Uh, do you think I'll ever be a king, Daddy? Well, I, I don't know, son. That depends on God. Because it was God that had me anointed king with uh, the prophet who come uh, bouncing by one day and he said, son, I got something I want to tell you. And I walked over to him and he took a container of oil. Boy, I tell you what, if I anointed you like David was anointed that day, they give him a six quart anointing. They poured uh, a measure of oil, and I, I looked up what the measure was, and it amounted to six quarts. That's how much goes in my truck to keep it running. I think it takes seven quarts for a diesel, maybe. But uh, six quarts poured on the head, and he said, before I knew what was happening, the garment was soaked with oil, and it was running down into my shoes, and he said, you talking about anointing. And he said, I, I, I've saved that. And I got it in my closet here. And Solomon said, uh, well, uh, Daddy, I, I saw a book in there also. Could you explain to me what that book is? He said, oh, uh, let, let me tell you about that book. 
He said, uh, I, I, was, I was out there on the hillside, and uh, because of what my great, 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 great granddaddy, nine generations back, done, I was forbid to go into the house of the Lord. For 230 years, not one member of my family was able to enter into the church. But he said, one day the priest come to me and he said, son, uh, the nearest I can figure, you have a right to go back to church. Yeah. And he said, so I sat down and I took my pen and uh, I began to write, and I, this is what I wrote down. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside the still waters, and he restoreth my soul, and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. And thou knowest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. And he said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I've been kept out. My daddy was kept out. But he said, I'm going to stay in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I, I, I don't understand people that God is blessed so mightily that they, they don't put church the first thing in their life. Oh, Lord. God's been so good to me. Uh, it's just, I look forward to it. Hallelujah. I, I don't know how many times I've I've been to the pulpit. I tried to figure it up yesterday, and it seemed like it's somewhere between 15 and 18,000 times in my 60 years that, uh, or 67 years that I've walked to a pulpit. Uh, I, I wish I knew exactly. I know for 20-something uh, years I preached 356 nights a year for 26 years in a row. Well, I hadn't been quite that much here, and um, I used to preach a little while also. I, I gauged my sermon by the almanac instead of by my iPhone. Oh, Lord. I, I was in uh, Chalmette, Louisiana, and one night I, I preached in People finally, they, they were standing up around the pulpit and the altar, and they were screaming, preach. And so I thought they meant it. So I preached. I started to sit down. They said, preach to us. And so they gave me the floor about 8 o'clock, and this was 12 o'clock. And they were still screaming, preach it, preach it, preach it. And so at 12.30, I was still preaching. And they act like they was enjoying it, so I, I was enjoying it. And finally, about 12.30, quarter to one in the morning, oh, don't, don't get all upset. 
this, this lady stood up. She said, sir, sir. And I, I stopped her and I said, just a minute. This, this visitor here got a question. She said, I was down uh, by the St. Louis Cathedral in downtown New Orleans. And uh, I, I'm a sick person. And uh, matter of fact, I, I've got to go to the hospital in the morning. And uh, the doctor says I probably would not come out of the hospital because I am eat up. Every organ in my body is affected by the cancer that I have. And I said, well, lady, you come to the right place because the God that I'm serving tonight will heal you. Hallelujah. And her friend, who was her first time at church also, she, she stood up and she raised her hand. She says, can I, can I have that also? I said, well, sure. She said, I am due for a uh, complete vasectomy tomorrow because cancer has taken my entire chest. My bones are caved in because I'm eat up. And I said, you don't have to leave here without healing in your body. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. By that time, it was 1 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I said, if y'all just come up here. And the one little lady, when she stepped out in the aisle, the cancer, the first one that spoke, the cancer was on the outside of her body. From her legs that I could see, it was just, it looked like uh, they were the size of grapefruit just hanging on her legs. And her arms, they were all, all the cancer was on the outside of her body. And... Uh, Boy, God, come in that place. And the Holy Ghost fell on her back there, and she started dancing. I'm telling you, she got to the front, and she got in the floor on, her, on those knees, and I, I said, oh, my Lord. And... Um, Finally, uh, she bounced on her knees from one side of the church to the next. And I, every time she would come off the floor and hit on her knees, I would draw up and I would say, my God, please help that, this lady. And it was about 1 o'clock. She stood up and every cancer on the outside of her body, and there was hundreds of those just hanging, every one was gone. Oh, the other lady, the other lady uh, left church that morning and drove into New Orleans for surgery at 7 o'clock for a double mastectomy. And when she got there, she says, Doctor, I had a strange experience last night. Matter of fact, I hadn't even been to bed. I'd just come straight from church. She said, do what? <laughs> what were you doing at church that late? She said, we was at church almost all night. She said, and God touched me. And I want you to examine me 
before you take me into surgery. Oh, Lord. And she found out that she was completely healed, did not have to have surgery. Oh, hallelujah. I guarantee you, she could have used this scripture for her recitation. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they do comfort me. Hallelujah. Boy, the next night, uh, church was going on, the offering was being taken, and just as they went by the back door, this guy from a little store, he, he heard the racket going on over the church, and he stepped inside, and the Usher went by him and held out the offering pan, and he put his last money in that offering pan, and he had stopped to put gas in his car with the last two dollars that he had, and he lived from where the church was there in uh, that town uh, east of New Orleans. It was 24 miles down to uh, Point uh, Bourne. B-O-R-G-N-E, they didn't know how to spell back then. Um, Point born, and uh, after church, he said, well, uh, uh, during the preaching, he got under conviction and ran to the altar and got the Holy Ghost. Uh, he didn't, he was going to buy cigarettes, and then he was trying to decide whether he wanted to walk home and smoke or buy $2 worth of gas just to get him home. And it was 24 miles, and so now he got the Holy Ghost, and uh, he'd give his money, and he don't have cigarettes nor gas. <laughs> you talking about in a jam. He was in a jam. But uh, he, he didn't need the cigarettes because God had delivered him from that. So... He got in his car and started home that night. And he said, well, I know I'll run out, and when I run out, I'll just walk on home. And uh, he drove all the way down to Point Bourne, there by the lake. And uh, his car didn't run out. So the next night, he said, well, I'll start back to church, and I know I'll, I'll have to start early because it's going to run out. And it didn't. And he made it back to church. And he made that 25-mile trip home and 25-mile back three weeks. Going to church every night. My Lord, have mercy. He, he come to me one night. He said, Brother Bourne, he said, I, I'm going to go look for a job tomorrow. I'm not going to run out of gas. Three weeks now. That's three weeks uh, times seven. That's 21 days. 
times 50. How much is that? 21 times 50. How much? 1,050 miles he had driven on empty. So he went into New Orleans. He said, I might as well go look for me a job. And he, he went in and found a job. And uh, he told the man, he said, look, I'm out of gas. Could you loan me $20 to get to work tomorrow? And the fellow said, well, sure. And he comes home and said, man, that, that fellow loaned me $20 to buy gas. I said, you are crazy. You have lost your mind. You can drive over 1,000 miles on empty, and you borrow $20 to buy gas that you didn't need? Oh, Lord. I, I'm looking in David's closet. Matter of fact, I wish I was looking in yours. No, 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 I don't. Oh, I, I've seen some things all of a sudden I didn't want to see. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. But what is this coat here, Daddy? He said, uh, this coat, uh, one day... Jonathan and I was talking, and Jonathan says, David, I know that God has anointed you king. And while I am actually the one in line to sit on the throne, I'm not going to stand in your way. So I want to give you this king's robe that I should wear the day I'm, uh, that I receive that crown on my head and I become the king of this country. He said, Solomon, this is the coat that Jonathan gave me. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And then he, he looked over and he says, uh, what's that harp? He, David said, uh, let, let me get that out. And he got out and he says, uh, boy, Saul, he was an evil man. And uh, the evil spirits would come on him. And I would have to get this harp, and I would sit down beside him, and I'd start plucking those strings, and the evil spirits would have to leave. Oh, so I, I want to keep this harp. Well, what, what is this spear here? Oh, I took that away from Goliath. Oh, Lord. I, I took that sword also. What, what's that piece of cloth, uh, Daddy? He said, one time I... I was out on the hillside, and uh, Saul was looking for me, and he went in this cave and went to sleep, and I went in there, and I cut this piece of cloth off of his garment, and uh, I just thought I'd, I'd keep it. So I, well, Solomon said, Daddy, you got it in the closet, but if I ever get to be king, I'm going to hang it on the walls where everybody can see what God done for my daddy when he was the king of Israel. Dear Lord, have mercy. I, I know that God can do anything. You know, when, when I went to Houston, uh, I got there and there was a frame. It, it had five major uh, steel beams up like this. 
and it, it was not covered, and it had been that way for several years because they didn't have the money to finish it. And uh, Brother Nichols, you, you remember that steel frame sitting there beside the old auditorium. And uh, I, I tried to finish it. Uh, we didn't have the money, and uh, I'd, I'd get some men out there to work, and, and uh, they said, what we're going to do today? I said, see that pile of stuff right there? We're going to move it right over here. And next week, they'd come out to work, and I'd say, see that pile right over there? We're going to move it right over there. We've done that for a year. My Lord. They'd come up to work and say, which way are we going to move it today? <laughs> One day I was there at the church, and uh, we needed money to finish it. And uh, circumstances had caused us to be in a place where we couldn't do it. And uh, I, I walked in, and uh, Brother Nichols' brother and my son was there in the office, and I said, I want y'all to go home and get your best suit on because the Lord just told me that he's sending uh, two bankers to our church today, and they're going to let me have whatever I need to finish this building. And uh, Brother Nichols' brother, he's, he's a CPA, and, you know, CPAs, they think in one direction. Any CPAs here? Where, where you at? <laughs> Lord have mercy. He said, what if they don't come? And I said, what if they do? I said, go home, Scott. Get your best suit on. I told my son, I said, go to the house. Get your best suit on. I said, because we want to look our best. That was at 9 o'clock that morning. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. No bankers. I was standing by the back door, and our two men were standing there with me, and they said, they're not coming, are they? I said, yeah, they're coming. Because God didn't make a mistake. God told me they were coming, and that's all I need to hear. They're coming. Oh, they're coming. My, my son-in-law, Scott, said, uh, what kind of vehicle are they going to be in? It was a little bit sour the way he said it. I said, well, the first two that gets here is going to be in a brand new Cadillac. And one of the men is going to be completely bald-headed, and the other one's going to have a shock of black hair. When they get out, they're going to be well-dressed. And I said, when they get out, you'll know that's the two that's going to come talk to me. And a little bit of brand new Cadillac pulled up in the parking lot and First one got out, didn't have a hair on his head. And uh, the next one got out, and he had, looked like a million hairs on his head. And I said, 
How you like them apples? <laughs> oh, Lord. And I said, now, be before they get through talking to me, there's going to be a man come up in, um, I'll just call it a little Pujo. It wasn't much car. And I said, uh, he's going to be the, the uh, president of a small bank, one bank only, no, no, um, what do you call them? No branches. The first two was the largest banking system in the Houston area and west. And so they come in and uh, they said, are you J.J. Bourne? I said, well, yes, I am. And I said, can I help you? I knew what he was there for because God done told me. I said, can I help you? They said, yeah, well, you know, we've been seeing this unfinished building and we want to help you. I said, well, come on in my office. And they asked me what I thought it'd take to finish it, and I told them. And uh, they said, well, whatever you need. Well, you don't generally hear that. Whatever you need, we're going to furnish it. And while I was talking to them, there's a knock on my door. And this little fellow weighed about 120 pounds, 125 pounds. Uh, I went to the door, and I said, uh, can I help you? He's, I, I was looking for him too because the Lord told me that the next one come was going to be a little bit short fellow. Weighed about 125 pounds. I done told him what he's going to look like. And, and I said, and he's going to be the one that's going to help us. So it done me pleasure to escort those two bankers with the largest banking system out of the office and let that little guy in there because I knew God said he's going to do whatever you need and you use him. Oh, hallelujah. And so he did. He furnished the money. And uh, we was uh, down in the Galleria area, the banking uh, area where we were closing the loan. And uh, uh, this man said, Preacher? Can I ask you a question? I said, well, sure. What, what, what's your question? He said, why did you choose me and not choose that other bank? I, I know them fellows. They could have given you anything, and I had to go to, to the extreme limits on what I could do. I said, well, God told me to. And I said, and, and because you did, let me tell you what's going to happen. I said, the Lord told me because you obeyed him. He's going to take your little bank and make it the largest banking system in the southwest from Houston West. Ah, oh, Lord. And all of a sudden, uh, there on that 10th floor of that building where we were signed those papers, I, I watched his uh, face like a thermometer. He turned white and he reached and got a chair and he sat down and he said, how could that happen? I said, just watch God do it. <laughs> now, it, it didn't happen overnight. Ten years later, 
I, was, I walked into the bank there one day to make a $20 deposit. And when I walked in, the president of that largest banking system in the Southwest, he got up out of his chair and he pointed at me like that and started walking out of his office to where I was. And he was, he was talking to two General Motors men that was there for a, I don't know, $100 million loan. And they looked at each other and said, they were saying, who in the world is this that walks in here in a jumpsuit <laughs> with a pair of white tennis on and the president of this large banking system gets up and walks out on us. And they were going. And one stood up and folded his arms like this. Grabbed his head back. I looked at him. I said, if you only knew, buddy. I was reading their mind. You know, I can do that. You'd be surprised what I can see in you. Oh, Lord, let me get off of that. <clears throat> oh, hallelujah. I was in the bank the other day, same banking system, and I was talking to a lady, and I said, now, do, do you know the president who was the president of this banking system? She said, oh, yeah, I, I, I was with him from the inception. And she, I said, um, is the bank still growing? She said, we just bought a whole cl uh, conglomerate of banks in Dallas. Oh, Lord. Now, what does that have to do with us? If God could take a man who would yield himself to what God, you know, I didn't call the man. I had never met him. I had never met the other banking system. But God sent them both at the same time and offered me whatever I wanted. Mm. Daddy, uh, what is this thing? And he said, oh, son, uh, that's called an ephod. He said, this is something that the priest wore. And he said, one day I had to project myself into the priesthood. And uh, I, I got this, and they, they, they let me borrow this ephod. And I put it on, and I, I looked up the definition a while ago. And l let me explain to you. Uh, an ephod of, of the high priest uh, or that of the high priest was of gold, blue, purple, crimson, tweed linen, shoulder pieces that held together by two onyx stones, each engraved with the name of six tribes of Israel. Exodus chapter 28, verse 4, 5, and 6. And you think God don't know what's going on here? I was sitting right over there a while ago and I saw 36 men sitting on this platform. And I said, Lord, we don't have room for 36 chairs up here. It'd be all the way over to here. 
Oh, Lord, maybe we'll let y'all sit with us. I don't know. I'm, let me reconsider that. Yeah, we'll do it. Oh, Lord. I have to quote this again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He, he, he maketh me to lie down in green pasture. David, I know you're king, but you'll never go into that house. But when that priest walked up to him and says, I was checking the records. And according to the records, this was only a, a 10 generation deal. And so since you're the 10th man, since the fall of that priest, he said, you can go. And he said, I was glad when they said unto me. He said, I walked in there and I stood in awe and amazement because I was in the place that nine generations before me was not able to go. You have the right to be here tonight. Thank you, sir. Oh, hallelujah. I have the right to be here tonight. Oh, hallelujah. That, that banker told me, he said, Reverend, whatever you ever need, you just come see me. It's, it's on the house. I said, really? Maybe I, you should have met me a few years ago when someone offered me a Rolls Royce for $20,000 and uh, I, I wouldn't buy it. I, I wound up buying a Toyota for 26000 Because if I pulled up in a Rolls Royce, <laughs> yeah, that's the way you would respond. I ain't giving that preacher nothing. Look what he's driving up in here in. Well, now all of you wouldn't do that. I see a few. Lord, God's going to finish the work on that child. Mama, are you back there anywhere? Could, could you just come up here a minute? sitting right here you remember me saying give me that child oh hallelujah do you believe God is talking to you right now how would you act You know, we're not short-handed around here. We don't have, we're not cut off from God. Come on. Give God a little more praise. 
I'm looking in David's closet. Hallelujah. I, I, I can give you some instructions. Go home and clean out your closet. There may be some things. I'm talking about not necessarily to your house. What you got? Taking this residence up in your head. And God wants you to clean it out. And when you come here, I grant you, you can't sit still because the... Hallelujah. I, I, I know what God told me to tell you folks. Hallelujah. When I, when I feel like I feel right now, my Lord. And when Solomon was anointed king, all around that big throne room, here was all of these things hanging on the wall. Here was the swords that were taken from the enemy, and especially hanging close to him was the sword of Goliath and the spear of Goliath. And here, here was the harp that David played. And uh, someone said, what is that piece of cloth? Oh, you don't understand. It was the fact that God will allow me to walk up to the man who wants to take my life. And God would do something for me that he would not allow the man to even wake up when I just took my knife and I cut off part of his garment. I'm fixing to close now. I didn't wear my watch so, because I, I didn't want to be cramped by time. And I know it's, it's not 8 o'clock yet, so uh, I got maybe 10 minutes. I don't know. Can you believe what I told you? Alive. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to embarrass your son, but uh, when God finishes the work, I, I don't think you'll be able to be quite as um, quiet as you are right now. <laughs> how, how would you feel if, if God took your son? that was uh, sick with cancer or with a broken leg or with an eye out or needed the help of the Lord in many other ways. Well, I'm serving the God who can do it. Yeah. Right here, don't have to go to the Philippines to get it done. But when you get to the Philippines, you're going to see it done again. 
Take a look in your closet. Maybe all you need to see there, instead of what kind of job can I get tomorrow, maybe it should be, how can I worship God that he would be pleased with me tonight? And you know, I, I like to see this guy when God gets a hold of him. Boy, I wish I could do that. Shake your hand, son. Thank you. Y'all think God can't do anything? Oh, hallelujah. that family right back there would just come out between those pews. Oh, don't everybody do it at one time now. I'm going to come get you. God gets a hold of them. It's y'all. All six of you. Oh, we got three more coming here. Hallelujah. God can take this family and pave the way to whatever that man wants. I don't know how. So, I don't know about you, but I want to give God a little praise. What's in your closet? You told me what was in your closet. I, I want, I want you guys. I'm gonna talk like you Yankees up here. You guys, take that picture, and all of you put your hand on it. You little ones too. Because this is going to be a part of you. My Lord, have mercy. And watch God 
let it begin to swell and swell. If, if God could take uh, th this guy I met, and you know, I've, I've told you this story, but some of you heard it, some of you didn't. But if, if God could take one man who was so broke, he couldn't even loan me a nickel. He couldn't even loan me. He didn't even have a penny. And I gave him a penny. I don't have one tonight, but I gave him a penny. You got a penny? That'll work. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, no, no. It ain't full yet. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. If, if God could take that man... And, and bless him to where he was in a building program in their church. He was given 50000 a week to the building program. I told him, I said, you got a family. Don't forget your family. He said, I, I just put a million dollars in each of my children's I said, that ain't enough. He, so the next time I saw him, he said, I'll put another million in each one of their accounts. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <clears throat> and and we, we think, what's in your closet? Mm. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost coming on me. And... Uh, You know, I, I, I'm not trying to embarrass these folks. I hope I'm not embarrassing. If I am, I'm sorry. It's done, done already. Get in here and give it your best. If I was not satisfied with second place. <clears throat> I, I, I wish someone over here believed it. I, I wish there was some here that believed it. I, I wish some of y'all believed it. Oh. Oh, Lord have mercy. Hadn't done that in a long time. I think I can do it again. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah.
showed response. If you want the Holy Ghost, I don't know of a better night for you to get it. If you want to get back where you were with God, there's not a better time than right now. If you need the blessings of the Lord, just start responding. time I get to feeling good like this, I, I got this song I sang, and I feel like singing it again tonight. I feel good. Wow, I feel good. <laughs> Maybe you ought to sing it a little bit. I feel good. Oh, the Lord with all your might. 